Welcome to New Life Bible Church, and thank you for joining us. Every week, listen to practical teaching of God's Word you can apply to your life as you live out your faith every day. Our vision at New Life is that you may know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's this week's message from New Life Bible Church. Today's part four of Can You Relate? It's the last part of this series, and uh, we're calling it uh, Forgiveness. The bridge, right? We've been talking about this bridge, this gap that we have between our relationship, uh, uh, our experiences in our relationships, and what Jesus actually asks of us, right? To love one another. And, and, you know, it says, uh, love your neighbor as you love yourself, and love one another as Christ loved you. And we're going to read some of those scriptures. But we know that that's not how it works, is it? We have relationships and there's betrayal. We have relationships and people lie to us. We have relationships and, you know, he puts some of those things up. It says betrayal, abandonment. We've been abandoned. Maybe your relationship was abandoned in the middle. Maybe, maybe you were abandoned by your parents and you're an adopted person. And, you know, and, and, you know, thank God that in the kingdom of God, you're no longer adopted but a child, as it says, right? So, you know, we talk about these things and, and maybe you, you were treated incorrectly when you were a child and, and you, you were vulnerable and somebody took advantage of that and, and betrayed you and caused hurt and pain. And we have all this, these hurt and pain and divorce and, and all these things happening uh, in our relationships and we have uh, all this negativity that's there. And then Jesus shows up and says, love one another. It's the most important thing, right? Love them like I loved you. But, 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 but Jesus, you, you don't understand. If anyone understands, it's him. He came and put on flesh. He was God. He was a divine being, God. And he put on a body, sweaty, smelly, right? Had to do all the bodily functions that we have to do. He wasn't like that. He was, a, uh, he was God. And he came down to earth and put on You know, we were trying to, Pastor Fred and I were trying to figure out what that would be like, the closest thing to feeling something like that. And and that would be to, you know, this is what we came up with. You know what sackcloth is? It's what you put potatoes in and stuff like that, that material that's real itchy. Imagine not wearing anything but that from from top to bottom, everywhere. Right? That would not, that would be uncomfortable. And that doesn't even come close to God coming into flesh. And not just to come and say, hey, I love you, and you should love each other, and let me teach you, and let me, you know, disciple you. And then in the midst of all that, I'm going to go to the cross and die for you. You know, and Jesus returns to heaven. Well, he was returning back to heaven. He didn't go back to heaven the way that he came. For it says that he still bears the the marks of of the cross. You didn't know you were getting an Easter message today, did you? Right? He still bears it, and he loved us so much. He has the right to say, this is the bridge between what you've experienced in relationships and what I'm asking you to do. Our reference scripture is Mark 12, 29 through 31. Jesus answered, the most important command is this. Listen. Listen, Linda, listen. Listen, people of Israel. The Lord our God is the only Lord. Love the Lord your God with all. Everybody say all. All your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. I like to say, love God with all your alls. 31, the second command is this. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. There is no commands more important than these. Nothing is more important than your relationship with God first and your relationship with people. God did not create us to be alone. 
I'm a loner. I like to be alone. Yeah, there's times and seasons of wanting to be alone. But let me tell you what, you're alone too long and you go, right? Wilson! All right? How do we bridge this relationship gap? The gap between what we hope for and the desire and what we actually experience. On the other side of the relationship gap is here Jesus saying what I said earlier, John 13, 34, a new command I give to you. So now not the only the important one, but here's a new one, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. How did he love us? With his life. He gave his life. There's people in my life that don't deserve my life. I'm going to lay down my life for that person. That person is, you can fill in all the blanks. How is it possible to bridge this gap? You call in an expert bridge builder. And who's that? Jesus. He's the only one that could relate with who, didn't matter who it was and what situation they were in. He was the only one that could relate with people the way that he did. And the bridge that he's building is the bridge of forgiveness. To start to deal with the side of the bridge that is riddled with betrayal. Well, what, what caused this gap? The betrayal, right? The, the, the hurt, the pain, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, all this cause this gap and what do we do we begin to alienate ourselves from those around us that have hurt us we try to forget what has been done to us and then we stay far away from that person or the group of people that hurt us assuming that it will magically go away how many of you know it doesn't magically go away (laughs) so what do we do we go to the creator uh, I shared this in the first service. Uh, my, my vehicle, I have a Buick LaCrosse, and it's, it's a 2013. I bought it extremely cheap, so don't think, why is the pastor driving a nice car? Okay, so you can just, I'll shut you down right there. I paid very little for this car. Uh, I have a friend that runs the, the Richie Cadillac Buick, and, and you can go see Larry Kelly and buy a car from him, and you know that way I get $100 for, just tell him I sent you, and I get 100 bucks. But Richie Cadillac and Buick. Daytona Beach. Go see Larry Kelly. Tell him I sent you. But uh, I go there, and, and we've known this family for a very long time, so he gives us deals and things like that. And so it was just one of those things. I was at the right place at the right time, and I got this car. Anyway, it's got 100,000, almost 100,000 miles on it. So I do all the, the, the maintenance. I do everything when it's supposed to be done. You know, when, once you reach a certain mileage, you go to synthetic oil instead of the regular oil. And, you know, so I do everything. I'm, I'm, I have a pile of service records in my glove box. And uh, so I know that as I'm getting close to 100,000 miles, there's some major things that have to be done, some tune-ups and things like that. So I didn't know what that mileage was, so I went to the, to the manual. That's right. Why? Because the same company, the same person who created the car, made a manual that goes with the car and tells me everything about the car. Right? So the other day... <laughs> um, the little light showed up in my wife's car. She's, she sends me a picture of it. She goes, what's this? <laughs> right? So then now they don't have words anymore. It's just a little. And, and then I was like, I don't think I know that one. Let me go look it up. And it was just that the gas cap was uh, not screwed in all the way. And it looks, when I look back at it, I was like, yeah, it does look like a gas cap on the little picture. But uh, when I look at the picture, I said, I've never seen that, that image before. Where do I go? I went to the manual. So I went to the manual in my car, and it says, you know, it's time for transmission flush. So I go, oh, great, I'll, I'll take it down. So I went to get the transmission flush, and they're like, no, it's, it's a sealed transmission. Uh, it's the new thing now, and uh, you have to, it has to be done at the dealer. 
That just cha-ching, that just sounds like money to me, right? So I went down to the dealer, which they were awesome. They did the service and they were, you know, Richie Cadillac. I went down there and, and I go down to Daytona Beach for all this stuff, even though there's a, there's a Buick dealership right here, but I go to, I go to my peeps. And I went down there and, and uh, had it done and everything, but I had to go to the manual. And sometimes we have to do that. We have to look at the mileage of our Christianity and say, am I ready for some maintenance? I'm going to say that again, and I'm going to ask you just to, I'm not picking on anybody who made noise, but let's just do, let's do this quietly. Sometimes we have to check the mileage of our Christianity and go to our manual and see if we actually need maintenance. David said, search me, O God. See if there's any wickedness, any iniquity in me. Cleanse me from this. What keeps us from making this move and what keeps us from being able to, to, to grow in our Christian walk is to be able to do that. Why? Because we know that there's something wrong. Listen, if you're, if you're perfect in here, you can go outside, pick up a rock and throw it at me. Okay? There's nobody perfect. Nobody. Jesus said it. There's nobody perfect. He was the only one that was, and he got, you know, beat up and, and crucified. If you are the perfect one in the room, that's what we'll do to you. We'll just crucify you. But we need, to, we need to really search our hearts a lot of times in our walk because sometimes we get to a place where we think we've arrived. Listen, <laughs> we just spent uh, a few days. We try not to say anything. We kind of sneak away. And then afterwards, you tell everybody, oh, we went away for a couple of days. And my wife and I love Amelia Island. I don't know if you've ever been out there. It's uh, the last exit before Georgia, and you go all the way down. And there's an island out there called Amelia Island. Um, and we go out there, and we, you know, we rent a little place, and we stay and uh, we go out to the beach, and we love the downtown. The food over there is absolutely amazing. So, uh, you know, we went and spent a couple of days down there and, and just sitting on the beach. And, and, you know, I was reading and preparing and thinking this, this series is coming to an end, and what am I going to preach on next? And, and the Lord says, stop all that stuff. Quit it, right? I said, I'm here for you. How about you? What about me? I'm good. My knee hurts a little bit, but I'm good. Right? And then I said, okay, Lord, search me, oh God. I got some growing to do. That's a good me too moment, so I don't feel so bad up here. Thank you. We all have some growing to do, and we only know that if we check our gauge. We have to go and check our gauge. Where's your mileage at? Go to, your, go to your book and see. Go to your manual and find out where you're at. So what do we do? It's completely up to you what happens in this relationship gap. It's not up to the other person that hurts you. And, and it's not up to them. It's up to you. So what is God asking of me? Let's start by showing you how you arrived at this place where you say, I don't care anymore. How many of you ever said that? Three of you. Okay. How about whatever? I got more hands there. I got more hands there. Like something happens in the relationship. I don't care. Whatever. She broke up with you. Whatever. I don't care. I saw her with your best friend. Whatever. I don't care. The fact that you responded that way says that you care. <laughs> right? 
they're still bothering you. There's still care there. So how do I, how do I, how did I get here is the question. How did I get so betrayed, so hurt? How did I get to this place? I'm going to give you the steps and they're in order too. Number one, you were hurt, betrayed, abandoned, and you created, number one, distance. And that's when you were hurt. So what do you do? You kind of back off. You know, I used to box many, many years ago. And when they hit you and it lights your bell a little bit, what do you do? <laughs> right? You don't go in while your legs are a little flobby. You, you kind of move away and, and try to get yourself together again. You know, sometimes you see them in the ring shaking their head. They're trying to, to get the stars to go away. You know, the birds that are storming around their head there. You create a little distance. So when you get hurt, what happens? You create distance between you and the person that hurt you. Many of us don't like, we don't like conflict. If you like conflict, then man, some of us are good at it and we can handle conflict okay, but you can't like it. You can avoid it, right? So we avoid a situation and in turn avoid that person because that person causes conflict and we create distance. See, not all distance is caused by conflict though. Some distance is caused by neglect. So what do we do? We neglect the relationship and we leave it over on the side over here, hoping that it'll kind of rot away and go away so that we don't have to deal with that hurt. See, relationships don't maintain themselves. Relationships require maintenance. And let me tell you something. If you're married, there, that, you talk about maintenance, you better go to the manual. <laughs> he created marriage and he knows what, you know, where there needs to be maintenance. And believe me, sometimes we miss the maintenance my wife and I, we missed the maintenance, and we realized, we looked at each other and said, we got to get this right. Something here is, you know, something's going on, you know, and we, and we go and we go away and we do something about it, right? We do our best to do something about it. And sometimes it's just seasons. You go into a season in life, but you got to realize that season has to end. You can't stay in that dry season forever. It's not always winter. I'm going to keep going. Number one, I had something hit me in the head. And I was like, no, I'm going to keep going. Distance. Walls. We create walls. Right? First we create distance. And then maybe the distance is not far enough. You, can, you create just enough distance that you can still see the person and you're still grumbling under your lip. And, you know, and then you see them and, and they're skinnier than you are and they're in better shape than you are. And they drive a nicer car than you do. And they live in a nicer house than you do. And, and, you know, and all that stuff. And you're looking across and... So now you've created distance, but it wasn't enough. So what do you do? You create a wall between you and the person who hurt you. What we don't realize is the pain and the hurt that that person caused us is on our side of the wall. It, we created a wall to keep the person that hurt us over there, but that, they're no longer the hurt. The hurt's now in you. That seed of bitterness is now in your heart. So we've created distance. We've built this wall. between you and that person. And that wall eventually is built between you and God. Because if you can't love God's people, then you can't love... That's biblical. Go to the manual. It says, you want to love God, you got to love God's people. You can't love God without loving people. So if you create a wall, distance and a wall between you and people, you've created distance and a wall between you and God. And believe me, you don't want to be there. Now you've created distance and wall in a wall, and now you're on the other side of the wall and you're escalating, escalation. This means that the situation now becomes bigger than the situation. <laughs> right? Now we're on this side of the wall. 
the bitterness is there, the hurt is there, we've created distance, and now we're just going to make this thing bigger than it actually is. Because we're sitting there in our sorrow, we're sitting there in our bitterness, we're sitting there, and we're just making the situation into something, and we've escalated it and made it into something huge. We begin to drown in the situation, while the person that caused the, the situation is high and dry. They're not even thinking about you anymore. They're not even concerned about you. Listen, they don't even care that they hurt you because they don't even know that they did. <laughs> They've moved. And if they do know and they don't care, then that's their problem. That's their bitterness they got to deal with. That's their issue. Right? That's their wall, their distance, their escalation, not yours. Hmm. Know that this does not work. So now you've got distance, walls, and escalation. Now you're going to create false belief. This is number four. Distance, number one. Walls, number two. Number three is escalation. Number four is false belief. I like to call this offense. Once you're offended, whatever has been done to you is no longer truth. There may be a little truth there, but now that truth becomes a false thing that you've created. You've escalated it into something that's not even true anymore. This is where the enemy has you right where he wants you. Where, did the lie, where does the lie come from? From the father of lies. You begin to imagine things that are not even there. You read into things that don't even exist. You begin to believe the lies that the enemy is feeding you. When you do not know the facts, we begin to bring in our own ideas. Listen, I, I, I normally don't talk highly about myself because it sounds like I'm bragging. I, I'm, I'm becoming so much better at this. I really am. I ha as a pastor, I have to because I'm dealing with, with you all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you all are driving me nuts here. <laughs> I love you. That's why we're still here. I love you. I really do. Now I forgot what I was going to say. Oh. <laughs> uh, where was I? <laughs> you begin to imagine things that are not even there. So what happens is I get told something about somebody or somebody comes and says, this happened between, you know, my husband and I. And, and usually I'll listen for a moment and then I'll say, I'm not going to let you talk about that other person without that person being here. So I may listen for a little while, but if you're going to come to me to talk about another person, bring the other person. Please, please do that. Now, if you're hurt and we don't need the other person and we can deal with you, then that's fine. We'll deal with you because only you can change you. Right. We can't change the other person, right? And you know that in marriage, you can't. You have no control. No control over their will, over control over any of that. So now you, you're dealing with, I'm dealing with this person. And I'm like, and in my mind, like you guys do the same thing. You take something that's told to you and you create something that's not even there. You do that. You know you do that. I'm not the only one. Okay, and you say, well, if this person did this and this must be what they were, this must be what they were really saying. And this was what they really meant about. No, what they really meant is what they said. Amen. Why are we making it into something and trying to judge that person when we we are allowing the enemy to give false belief or offense? During this time, you cannot trust your own emotions when you're offended. You cannot trust yourself. Listen, if you're offended, you're the last person you should be taking advice from. Because you can talk yourself into anything and talk yourself out of anything. How many of you know that? Right? 
That little voice in your head, it's not me. <laughs> right? That little voice in your head is you. And you can talk yourself into anything, but don't do it while you're offended and while you're emotionally distraught because you will definitely talk yourself into a deeper hole. And the last part is hostility. You become hostile. Now we have a hostile relationship with those around us. The holidays roll around. We get on and want to be with that person. They're, they're, you know, I see them once a year. And usually by the time I'm feeling better about you know, what they did to me, then I got to sit at a table with them and, you know, <sighs> yeah, break bread. And they don't even deserve to be forgiven. They don't deserve Jesus' body and blood. <laughs> Neither did we, right? <laughs> Neither did we, yet he did. That's why, he's, that's why you do it in what? Remembrance. So you can remember that you weren't worthy of it either. <laughs> right? But we become hostile towards that person. And we talk bad about them behind their back. And we go here and we go there. And we just say, ah, can you believe in that? Right? And now you're at a point where you, you've, you've created a, a completely bitter and hostile situation. Listen to this sentence closely. We have so much distance that we built walls and the issue escalated into false belief that has caused a hostile situation. Do you see how that works? Let's say it again. We have so much distance that we built walls and the issue escalated into a false belief that has caused a hostile situation. So how did we get on this side of that gap? How did I end up way over here when Jesus is over there saying, love them, Lo love them. You go over there and love them. That's your job. You're God, right? Just don't forget to love me too, right? Hostility is not the condition between you and another person, but the condition of your soul. It's about you. Hostility robs you of your peace and joy even when that person is not even around you anymore. You behave hostile towards those that had nothing to do with your pain. You behave hostile against those that had... Right? Sometimes you go somewhere and somebody mistreats you. I always have to tell myself, it's not about me. I just met that person. How could I have caused all this pain? <laughs> right? Did they look at me and say, ooh, that's painful. That's betrayal. That's, no, I didn't do anything. Yet they mistreated me. Why did they mistreat me? Because they were already hostile. They were already hurt by someone else. It's not me. Maybe it's my job to love on them. Maybe it's my job to help them. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 12 through 14 is going to put all these steps together for you. Remember that at the time you were separate from Christ. How many of you remember when you were separate from Christ? Some of us are still separate from Christ. Without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Only God could do something like that. Only God's love can do that. Remember Starts off this verse 12, remember, the reason why the scripture starts this way is because we tend to forget what God has done for us. We tend to forget. We think we've got something going on. And I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for his sacrifice, for his love, for him pulling me near, for him reaching out to me. 
You were brought near by what he did, not by what you did. He initiated the reconciliation process, and he, uh, and he wasn't even the offender. Isn't that incredible? He destroyed the barrier and the wall of hostility, hostility that we created. So we created this wall. And he says, you think that's going to keep me from you? I love you. And he destroyed that barrier. Come on. You think you could build a wall big enough and strong enough to keep me from loving you? See, he didn't break down the wall to come smack us upside the face, even though we probably deserve that. Right? He broke down the wall because he wanted to love us. He broke down that wall that we built between us and him because he wanted to love us. That's how I came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And my relationship with him started with because he loved me just like I was. And if you knew me back then, you wouldn't be here right now. Because I was not a good person. But I'm not that person anymore. So what does he want from us? Isn't that a good question? You ever ask God that? What do you want from me? Right? You gave me this wife. You gave me this husband. What do you want from me? You want me to love people that are unlovable? You, come on. I'm hurt. I'm in pain. I'm bitter. I've been mistreated. How about me? What have you done for me lately? Dun, 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 dun. Everybody was thinking it. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32, it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. Remember? The power to forgive is in the just as. Your power to forgive others is in the fact that he forgave you. So how do I forgive this way? Start by realizing that your way is not working. Come on, many of us have carried this bitterness and this hurt for years. Your way is not working. Oh, I just forgive and forget. If you could forget, you wouldn't have to forgive. That is the most, the worst phrase you could say about forgiveness. Forgive and forget. How many, everyone has heard that. I have a book in there. It's called Forgive and Forget. And it's all about, if you could forget, then you wouldn't have to forgive. The fact that you have to forgive is because you remember. <laughs> right? If we could forget, that would be awesome. Right? None of us would be bitter and angry and, you know, and felt betrayed because we just forget. Duh. Right? Just go around forgetting. <laughs> Here's three steps to biblical forgiveness. Here's your bridge, and then we're going to have a, a time of ministry. And thank God that I don't have to rush uh, as I did in the 9 o'clock service for lack of time. It's raining outside anyway. You don't, you don't have a, to go run out there and get wet anyway. So forgiveness. Here's your bridge, your gap. Bridge your gap with these three things. Number one, receive God's forgiveness. You know, <laughs> somewhat, sometimes the hardest person to forgive is ourselves. If God, being who He is, forgave us, and we're not willing to forgive ourselves, we've just put ourselves above God. Believe me, no one here deserves to be greater than God. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 13 through 15. Receive God's forgiveness. Even though I was once a blasphemer, that must have been like a bad word back then, a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. Ouch. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. 
Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Ready? Sounds important, right? Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. (laughs) God loved me even though I was the worst. That should tug on your heartstrings right there. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Come now, let's settle this. You want to settle it? Says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them white as wool. If you will only obey me. And what is he saying? Love. Love others. Forgive others. Forgive yourself. So forgiveness starts first by receiving God's forgiveness and Number two is freely give what you've received. Number two is freely give what you've received. Never do this step without doing step one first. You cannot give what you don't have. You cannot forgive at the level of God's forgiveness if you don't have God's forgiveness in you. God is not asking you to do something that you can't do without his help because then we wouldn't need him. When God says, this is how you need to forgive, this is how you need to move on, this is how you're going to deal with this, you're going to do this because I'm going to help you do this. This level of forgiveness, this level of letting go can only be done by allowing God to help you do it, by allowing him to forgive you first. Freely give what you've received. Matthew 10.8, freely you have received, freely give. See, the forgiven forgive. If you know that you're one of the forgiven, you tend to forgive. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 21 says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all. That's you and me. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. You gave your life for me. Now you have mine. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, better be careful how you, how you judge people. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Why? Because he gave his life for us. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. We know that scripture very well. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You didn't know you had a ministry, did you? We all have the, he's not calling just the ones with the fivefold ministry or the titles. Or, he's calling everyone. If you've been forgiven and you've been reconciled to God, then your ministry is to reconcile others to God. We all have that. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins. There's, your, there's your, one of your tricks. How do I forgive and forget and, and love people? Don't count their sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ ambassadors as though God were making this appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He was perfect. We were imperfect. We did everything wrong. He did nothing wrong. Yet he paid the price that we might receive this forgiveness and this cleansing of our own sin. If you receive that, then you're able to pass on. Remember what God did for you, right? 
Accept his forgiveness and you'll be able to pass on that same forgiveness. Go first. Number three. Go first. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, we didn't approach him. He approached us. We didn't ask him to sacrifice for us. He sacrificed for us whether we asked for it or not. He knew what was needed and he did exactly what was needed even though we didn't deserve it. Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. James 3, 17 and 18. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace, reap a harvest of righteousness. Go first. Now let me... I'm going uh, I'm to lead you to another teaching on forgiveness that I have uh, is part of our, it should be on our app or our website or YouTube page. Uh, you can find, find it in there. There's a couple of teachings on forgiveness. And it, it'll go into more detail on what is forgiveness and what you should do and what you should expect and all this. But there's a few things that I just want to clear up here so that you don't leave here confused about forgiveness. Forgiveness does not mean that you go to the person who hurt you and say, I forgive you for this, this, that, and the other that you did to me. How many of you know that doesn't work? Because that person may not be repentive. See, forgiveness is not for that person anyway. Forgiveness happens in your heart. So you let, you let them go for your benefit, not for theirs. And forgiving them and letting them go does not mean that you uh, 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 excuse their behavior. We're not excusing their behavior. We're not even saying that forgiving someone means that you repair that relationship. Sometimes that does not work. Forgiveness does not mean that, you, that God is leading you back into an abusive relationship where you're in, where you're being where it's toxic and things are just and you're being abused and hurt constantly that is not forgiveness just looking around to see how young our kids are but most of them won't understand what i'm about to say but i'm not a counselor i don't i don't do professional counseling. We have someone that we refer people to when, when it's outside of our wheelhouse, but we usually sit with people if they ask us to. And when I do what it's called biblical guidance, I try to do my best to help somebody uh, with that. But if I realize this is a little bit outside, I don't have a problem because my job as a pastor is to take the sheep to greener pastures and still waters, right? And sometimes that's somebody else that has a degree and can help people through that. And I learned this uh, it, it was too late because I had already carried everybody else's burdens for so long. But I learned this at a pastor's conference. Says, you are a pastor. You're not a counselor. You're not a psychologist. You're not a psychiatrist. That is not your job. says, you're carrying everybody else's burdens, and you don't need to be doing this. And you're not even doing a good job at it, <laughs> right? Pastor's conferences are a little tough. But, you know, they're, they're telling me, says, find somebody, a good Christian person that believes in the word, that's going to give them good Christian counsel, that has the, the ability to do that, and that's what they do for a living, and send them to them. And we did. We found somebody in there, and she's awesome. We've sent some of you there, and some of you have been blessed by these people. But we do, on occasion, do uh, some counseling. And I can tell you that on many occasions... Um, some of the counseling or, or, or the hurt, like we may be dealing with this over here, but the root of that is way over here. It's something that happened. And, and I didn't realize this until I started doing this uh, way back at, at the church we were at before. Uh, I started ministering to parents and kids and things like that. Um, and I started realizing that the percentage of 
uh, people that were touched incorrectly and, and abused as a child is much higher that, because people don't say anything. It's very personal. It's very, it's very yucky. It's very nasty. It's very shameful. So people, but when you get them in your office and, they, and you try to find out where is this coming from, where is this behavior coming from, and, and we're finding that that's a, the root a lot, which was very discouraging to me because my first reaction as a human being is I want to take that person out back and beat them with a bat. Yeah. That's Pastor Curly, by the way. Right? That's, that's my first, like, you know, these, these kind of people that, that take advantage of that and, you know, I want to. But then you got to settle down and realize somebody did that to them. The Bible says, if someone is treating you with darkness, how dark is their darkness? If they're hurting people, then how dark are they? What darkness are they coming out of? That doesn't excuse that, though. So we've counseled people to work them. And sometimes it takes years. It'll take a year, two years, and then, and then when you think you got it, it, something rises up again, and you have to forgiveness. is a lifelong thing. Yeah. It's not it just happens, and then you move on. You have to forgive, and you get better at it. You get stronger. The, the forgive muscle gets stronger as you use it, right? But we learn to forgive, and, and we try to take them to that place. And when we take them to that place, I've had people ask me, do I now go and reconcile with my uncle, my cousin, my stepdad, my, you know, do I? No. Why would you go back into something that could cause you more harm? That would be foolish. Come on. Am I okay? Are you guys okay with me? All right. Why would you? I would never send anybody back into that. In fact, you know, we, we talked about distance and walls and all that uh, be, between you and, and, a, and a person. Yeah, I, would, I would definitely create a little distance and wall from that person, even though it wasn't because I wasn't forgiving them. Because we have to forgive them. Because that's to your benefit. If you don't forgive them, imagine becoming so angry and so bitter that you harm, maybe not in that way, but you harm somebody else in a different way. Because that's what happens. This spirit perpetuates. And you may, not, you may not do that to someone else, what this person did to you, but you end up hurting someone else in a different way. Because you are not letting go of the hurt that's inside of you. So I wanted to clear up forgiveness there just a little bit and... I encourage you. In, in fact, I'm talking about this so much, I may teach it next week. Um, uh, just one teaching on forgiveness and, and go over some of those things because I have several. I took three semesters of forgiveness in, in Bible college. They said, what do you want to take? I want to take forgiveness. I want to learn. And they, had, they filled three complete semesters on forgiveness. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So how, how much of this am I going to learn? And believe me, I still haven't learned at all. I got books in there that I'm reading through and, you know, that my favorite is Forgive and Forget because he destroys that, you know. And the great thing is most of the books they gave us, the professor that wrote the books actually came from Trinity uh, uh, University and came down and, and ministered to us over a weekend of forgiveness. And we went down to, to Orlando and, and, uh, and stayed in this, this house that the school owned. And uh, we had him minister to us on forgiveness. I couldn't believe that they could fill three semesters with, with just, you know, three classes. Yeah, because there's just so much there. And they cleared up so much because before I was ignorant about it. I was like, well, if you forgive them, you should make up with them. That's not always the case. Restoration requires forgiveness from both parties. See, I could teach you this from, from my mind right now because 
you know, I, I've taught this so many times. Restoration requires forgiveness from both sides. And you're not always going to get that. And just, and that's okay. As long as I forgive. Because I got control over me. I don't have control over that person. Right? And sometimes we forgive and we can't get rid of that person. So we have to forgive. I know. You always give yourself away. You know that, right? Because we're connected by a child or we're connected by a parent. We're connected by whatever. We're connected somehow that it's just it's impossible to... But you can create an atmosphere of forgiveness whenever you're around that person. Right? Instead of putting your eyebrows together every time you see them. <laughs> I always ask, why are your eyebrows stuck together? Because I hate you. <laughs> I pray for you all the time that God would strike you down from heaven with a lightning bolt and drop you right where you stand. I'll tell you one story and then we're going to have a song and uh, we're going to ask you to do what we've said today, to forgive. And uh, it's an old song uh, by Kevin LeVar. It's one of my favorite on forgiveness and we'll put the words up for you and we'll play it once and then, uh, and then you'll be free to go. But... Um, I was in a, a prayer circle, and some of you have heard this before. My, my family has heard this a thousand times, so they're probably rolling their eyes right now. We were in a prayer circle. It was a senior's prayer on Saturday morning. And I was, I was green, man. I was just a, a baby, baby Christian. And uh, I was going to the, I wasn't a senior, obviously. I was 19 years old, 20 years old. I was going there because there was this lady that played the guitar for this prayer group and led a little bit of worship there, and she was hot. So... I started going to this prayer group just because of this, this, this girl that was there. And uh, I ended up marrying her, by the way. But um, she's sitting right here, and she's still just as... But we were in the circle, and uh, Fernando was his name? What was that guy's name? Uh, Felix. Felix. Fernando was his son. Didn't he have a son? You're at, no, no, another Fernando. <laughs> I don't know. Your ex, we used to call him something else. I'm on, oh, I can't even say it because now I'm, I'm like. But anyway, if you want to know what I used to call him. I forgave him, by the way. Um, so I don't call him that anymore. Don't ask me. But we, <laughs> we were in a circle. And Felix, the, the gentleman, the older gentleman that was leading the group, lovely man. I mean, just a, I mean, he was love. He was one of the elders in the church. Just a great man of God. And he says, the Bible teaches us, and he read the scripture that we need to pray for our enemies and bless those who spitefully use us. And I was like, can you do that? And he was like, yes. In fact, we're going to allow everyone to kind of take a moment and pray for their enemies and bless those who spitefully have used you. I was like, wow. I was all excited. I was like, we can actually, that's what, the, that's what God says? And I'm, at that point, I was like, whatever God says, I'm in, you know? I was. I got, I got saved and baptized in the Holy Ghost like that. Because the guy goes, oh, and there's something, whatever it is. I don't even you have to explain it to me. I'll take it. Whatever it is. I was like, when I was, you know, when I was a sinner, I was a sinner. I was, I was a good one, too. I was 150% in. I was all in to sin. When I became a Christian, I was all in, man. I was, you know. So I, that's the way it was, man. I was all in. So I, I was all in. And, and it got around to my, my turn. I'll never forget this, man. And I said, Lord, you know those who have hurt me and I just pray 
that you would bring your vengeance upon them, Lord. And, that, 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 and I literally said lightning would come out of the sky. And, and, he, and, and Felix so lovingly came over and goes, no, no, that's not what that means. I said, it's said to pray for those who hurt me. And if they hurt me, then God's got to go after He's got to go get them. Right? And you mean I can't call on God like, like, like I got family, you know. Like call somebody and say, let's whack this guy, you know. I can't go to God and ask him to whack this person? No, that's not how that works. I was like, what does that mean? He goes, you have to bless them and pray good. I said, what? You don't understand. So it took me a little while. I was, a trouble. I was sent to the, to the pastor's office quite a few times. I could tell you stories of things that I did as a baby Christian, but they were patient with me, and they loved on me, and they cared for me, and look what God did, right? And he's not done yet. So praise the Lord. Let's stand to our feet this morning. And I just want to pray. And then when I'm done praying, we're going to put a song on. And, and I want you. This is about you. This is about you. So we need to go there. You can't get a message like this and not do what you're being told. right? Blessed is he who does what he's heard. Blessed is he who does. You build your house on the rock if you do what you have heard. Amen. So we just thank you, Lord, this morning. Father, as we prepare our hearts for this moment of ministry, as we prepare ourselves to let go, as we prepare ourselves to, to truly even, and some of us even need to just begin the process of forgiveness that we haven't even forgiven a certain person or a certain thing or a certain organization or whatever it is, even the church, maybe your own pastor, maybe you have to forgive me. Whatever it is, Lord. Somebody said, yes, I feel bad now. Lord, I just ask you, Father, that you help us through this process because we can only forgive through the forgiveness that you gave us. So help us to forgive others, Father. Help us in this moment in time. Wash us, cleanse us, Lord. In Jesus' name. I want you to know that God forgave you in such a way that he wants to have a personal relationship with you no matter how bad you think you are. No matter where you are in life, no matter where you've been, no matter what you, no matter what you did last night, no matter what you did this morning on your way here, it doesn't matter. God loves you just like you are. And the only way, he's got his arms open and his, his, you know, his acceptance of you is there. But you have to do something to be accepted. And just ask God to, to come into your life and say, God, from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. I know I'm not perfect. I know uh, I'm not gonna, things are not going to magically change. And you're going to be this holy person and a halo is going to show up over your head. That doesn't happen. It's just not, that's not how it works. It's a, salvation is a process. But it's a process that has to start. So if you want to start that process here today, and that's you say, you know, I want to ask God to forgive me, and I want to start a relationship with him that you've talked about, just raise your hand up to me. I want to see if there's anybody here. I don't want to ever uh, let this pass. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Father. We praise your name. We glorify you. Let's sing this together. Like I said, we're going to go through the whole song just once uh, and then sing along. You'll see the words up there. And, and if you need to just close your eyes and not sing along and just listen, you can do that. If you need to separate yourself and go to a corner or, or you know, whatever you need to do for your time of ministry, you're, you're free to do that. Once the song is over, you're dismissed. Uh, and then we'll just play it again one more time after that. And you don't have to put the words up the second time. Just play the song and, and leave it up there for... And if you're ready to leave, then just kind of quietly, because somebody might still be in, in their time of ministry, and, and just quietly make your way out and enjoy the rest of your day. But don't, don't leave here today without uh, letting this go and allowing God to minister to you this morning.
know that I love you. And if I've done anything to offend you, please. Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Church podcast. If you're ever in the Central Florida area, consider this a standing invitation for you to join us. We would love to meet you. Services are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If this message blessed you, imagine what it would be like in person. Keep up with everything going on at New Life on our website, orangecitychurch.com. New Life Bible Church, you will never be the same.